Welcome to the Theo Soul Podcast, where theology meets sociology, along with a little bit of soul. I'm your host, Chad Cooper. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Sunday School Sundays. This is when we set aside some time for Christian education. We will go over a Bible lesson that includes scripture verses, a brief introduction and background of the setting, then the exposition will give a verse-by-verse verse breakdown with some concluding life application and discussion questions. For today's episode of Sunday School Sundays, we're going to continue through our summer teaching series as we look at God's gift of faith as the source of hope and faith. For July 25th, our Bible lesson is entitled justification through faith and our topic is seeking reconciliation this is the third lesson of our monthly theme of July as we're looking at faith and salvation the past couple of weeks we've been in the book of Romans chapter number one and chapter number four as we talked about the power of the gospel and the faith of Abraham with today's Bible lesson, we'll look at Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Our main thought, or our key memory verse, is Romans chapter 5, verse 1, and we will read it from the King James Version, the KJV. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For the lesson setting, the background takes place, the Apostle Paul wrote the epistle known as the book of Romans to Roman Christians from the city of Corinth. He wrote it roughly between the years A.D. 56 and A.D. 58. Our unifying principle. People often struggle with fractured relationships that they may or may not have caused. How can these relationships be reconciled? Only justification by faith in Jesus Christ reconciles the ultimate ruptured relationship between God and humanity. Let's look at a brief introduction. Life can be difficult exercise and enterprise even when we are encountering few storms we often are too focused on the garnish of life as opposed to life's meaning and content what makes life meaningful and fulfilling what gives purpose and passion to life when we reflect on our journey and accomplishments what will be our measure or ruler of our success? In today's lesson, Paul reminded us of several essential aspects of the Christian life that prepare our lives to meaning, fulfillment, and purpose. As social beings, we need people who genuinely care for us and stand with us in difficult times. 
often we are required to work our way through various disagreements or misunderstandings. And we are grateful for the forgiveness and reconciliation we receive when someone sacrifices to restore the relationship. The end result is we exist and live in peace. Paul helped us discover not just the benefits of being pronounced guiltless, but also what it means to live life in a state of peace before God and others. We receive this state of life only by faith and not of our own righteousness. Peace is not the absence of storms, stress, disaster, pain, sorrow, or headache. Peace is the state of mind that lives through the calamity and still says my soul is content. This is the blessed assurance of hope we have because of the sacrifice of Jesus' blood and body for sinners. For our Bible lesson, we will have an exposition that will divide up Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 into two sections. Section number 1 is entitled Peace and Hope. We'll read verses 1 through 7. Again from the KJV. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Father, through our Lord, Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Section 1. Peace and Hope. Paul completed his discussion asserting the need for justification. See Romans chapter 1 verse 18 through chapter 3 verse 20. And the means and method of justification. See chapter 3 verse 21 through chapter 4 verse 25. He then turned his focus towards what author John R. W. Stott calls the, quote, bliss consequence, end quote, of justification by faith. This act of unmerited love is an absolute act of God in dealing with his people. 
author William Newell calls this portion of the passage the quote glorious results of justification by faith end quote author C.K. Barrett describes this section as the quote results of God's gracious act of redemption end quote Warren Wiersbe describes this section as quote the blessings of our justification end quote Wiersbe notes that Paul was accomplishing two purposes in detailing these blessings first Paul expressed the wonderful reality of being a Christian here and now and not just in heaven second Paul assured his readers that justification isn't a temporary thing but a lasting reality Paul listed seven spiritual blessings that assure the believer that the believer can never be lost once God has declared the believer righteous in Christ Jesus the believer is kept in and by the power of God scholars see another important implication for this section Paul was crafting this section as a beginning point for his discussion on the security in Christ that results from a believer's justification note Paul's utilization of the phrase hope of sharing the glory of God in Romans 8 verses 18 through 39 Paul worked through the idea of hope and God's glory in more detail we are justified and move from reconciliation to hope and from glory from hope to glory the complete paragraph when you read verses 1 through 11 of chapter 5 depends on the introductory words therefore since we are justified or declared righteous by faith note that phrase therefore since we are justified by faith this statement begins the new section by providing six radical statements for those whom God has justified by faith and summarizes the entire argument of chapters 1 through 4 the Greek form of the verb declared righteous or justified is the equivalent to having been declared righteous Paul was saying that those who have believed are declared righteous by God and the deal is fully done God will never change his mind the author CK Barrett notes that we could translate this portion as quote therefore let us have peace since we have been declared 
righteous. We have peace with God. Don't confuse this peace with God and the peace of God found in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. Don't confuse peace with God and the peace of God. The peace of God refers to the personal peace we receive by asking God for it. Whenever we experience hardships, we can ask for the peace of God to be evident for us. This, however, is not peace with God. Peace with God notes that sinners have been in war with God because of our sins. And God's weapon was his wrath. Christ Jesus took our judgment upon himself. As a result, the war between God and the sinner is over. And we now have peace with God. As humans, we quickly discover nothing we work for on the outside of us can procure or provide peace for us. Money, status, careers, nor any physical accoutrements are able to provide peace. Paul told the church at Rome that the peace in the Greek is the word E-I-R-E-N-E that is given by God is different from the peace given by the world or material possessions. This peace is a consequence of Christ's death and resurrection. The word peace is rooted in Paul's understanding of the Old Testament word shalom the Hebrew word which translates as quote positive well-being and also holistic health Paul did not use the term primarily to refer to a state of inner tranquility but to an external and objective one to receive peace from God is to be in a relationship with God in which all hostility caused by sin is removed. The locus of God's salvation, atoning, and wrath-averting work is none other than Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 3 verses 25 and 26 declares the sinner can receive justification only through or in Jesus. This is a consistent theme in Romans chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8. All that God has for the believer can be located exclusively in Christ Jesus. Please see the references to chapter 5, verse 1, chapter 5, verse 11, chapter 5, verse 21, chapter 6, verse 23, and chapter 8, verse 39. Although there is not a prolonged Christological discussion here, one should note there does exist a definite 
Christological focus with the repeated emphasis that all the believers' experiences of God's blessings derive exclusively through Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 5 verse 2 tells us we have grace, which here does not translate as unmerited favor, unmerited love or favor. Paul used the word grace, the Greek word charis, spelling C-H-A-R-I-S, to indicate we have a privileged position of acceptance. Through Christ, we have obtained our introduction into this grace in which we have taken our stand. Two verbs help make the point of the passage clear. The word access. The Greek spelling is P-R-O-S-A-G-O-G-E. Translated into English meaning taking the initiative to enter. It's better translated introduction. The idea that someone has to bring us in or that of a person being brought into God's presence or of a person being brought to meet a king. Secondly, Paul noted that justified believers have taken the stand firmly in or on this grace into which they have been introduced. Justified believers are graced to live in the presence of God and have constant, continuous, and secure blessings from the Father. We rejoice in our hope of the glory of God. Paul said there are three reasons believers should rejoice in Christian hope. This hope is a joyful and confident expectation built upon the foundation of God's promises. The glory of God is the object of this hope. Believers hope first in the coming of Jesus with great glory and power. Second, believers will not only see the glory, but also be transformed into it and will become his holy people. Lastly, creation will be freed from its struggle and bondage to decay and be renewed and experience God's glory. Paul turned from rejoicing in the hope of God's glory to the rejoicing in tribulations. The word utilized for afflictions in the Greek is, we will spell it, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. It is a technical word used in several aspects in scripture. One, usage refers to 
opposition and persecution from a hostile world. Another usage is for the suffering God's people should expect in the last days prior to the end. The root here means to press. And that which may afflict the believer in life. The stress, famine, nakedness, peril, or the sword. Please see the reference to Romans chapter 8 verse 35. What is the believer's response? Paul said believers answer with confidence and rejoicing. The Greek word K-A-U-C-H-A-O-M-A-I. Why? The author Stott said first, Suffering is the one and only path to glory. It was so for Christ, and so it must be for those who follow him. Second, suffering leads to glory in him. Glory in the end, in, in the end, and maturity in the meanwhile. Suffering can be productive if we respond to it positively. Third, suffering is the best context in which to become assured of God's love. A believer can rejoice under pressure because they know, or in the Greek, O-I-D-A, that affliction produces endurance, the Greek word being H-Y-P-O-M-O-N-E, and endurance produces Tested character. And the Greek is D-O-K-I-M-E. And this takes us back to hope. The same pattern of linked values. Encouraging believers to face struggles with joy. Is found in two other places. See the reference to 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 and 7. As well as James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. As a result of possessing testing tested character, the believer who responds positively to suffering will discover their hope has been empowered. The author Douglas Moo is correct in his assertion that hope, like a muscle, will not be strong if it goes unused. The constant reaffirming and repeating of hope in the midst of apparently hopeless situations will bring ever-deepening conviction of the reality and assurance of that for which we hope. Hope never disappoints. In the Greek meaning it's spelled out K-A-T-A-I-S-C-H-U-N-O. Paul was saying the Christians should not fear the judgment will put them to shame in the sense that the foundation on which he has built his life and hoped for eternal life should prove inadequate before God. 
This is true because the believer has a means by which to be assured. God has poured out the Greek E-K-C-H-E-O. His love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Whom he has given us. The believer has incomprehensibly love. And the awareness of the Holy Spirit assisting the believer in understanding what it means to be filled with God's love. Romans chapter 5 verses 5 and 6 forms a single statement that solidifies God's love for believers. These verses show that Paul was grounding the subjective experience God's love in the objective atoning of Christ Jesus' work on the cross. Christ Jesus died for sinners at just the right time. Please see the reference to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. The thesis of Romans chapter 5, verse 7 is the grandest and greatness of God's love. For the ungodly as showed by the emphasis placed on the importance of Jesus' dying for them. Paul announced the sacrifice of Jesus by asserting that seldom will a person give his life for a good person or organization. Yet Jesus died for the ungodly. Please see the reference to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. As well as 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Section 2 is entitled Reconciliation and Hope. We read verses 8 through 11. Again from the King James Version, the KJV. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Section 2. Reconciliation and Hope. The author John A.T. Robinson since verses 6 through 8 represent the charter of the Christian salvation. The incredible basic fact upon which all the boundless benefits of the new life rest. We see in verse 8 the adversative but. Which points the reader to the boundless grace of God and his love. As a contrast to the self-oriented style of love, even the best in human love. 
God proved his own love for us in demonstrating God's Christ. In demonstrating Christ's death for sinners. Thus, now that we are his children, surely he will come to us more while we hope for the promise to be fulfilled. Verse 9 brings together the important parts of verses 1 through 8 and provides a synthesis that repeats and even expands Paul's main idea. The assurance of Christian hope. Paul here used a part of a format that would be familiar to the people he was writing to. The rabbis call it light to heavy or lesser to greater. A minori ad minus. However, Paul's utilization of the phrase how much more signaled Paul was working from major to minor. Paul was arguing that if God had already completed the most difficult aspect to reconcile and justify unworthy sinners, how much more can we depend on him to fulfill the easier task of saving those who belong to him from eschatological wrath? The second parallel premise, again, using the greater to lesser, is, why, is that while we were sinners, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. The word atonement means reconciliation or to be brought back into fellowship with God. This word in the Greek, K-A-T-A-L-L-A-S-S-O, derives from the world of personal relationship. It refers to the bringing together of people or the making of peace between people. This quote, bring being brought back happened while we were in a state of hostility towards God. Paul reminded us God took the initiative for the sinner's reconciliation. See the reference to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 19 to 20. Thus, sinners are transferred from being enemies of God to becoming God's children. In Romans chapter 5 verse 11, Paul concluded this portion by rehearsing the earlier listed aspects and saying the believer should boast in them. Paul said that this boasting and reconciliation are through the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul reminded the believer to boast in the benefits that are through the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's some life application. Chapter 5 identifies the blessing of justification and reconciliation. Paul noted several benefits related to the 
here and now. Existential life of the believer and the eschatological hope of the believer. Peace with God. Stance in grace. The hope of glory. The meaning of suffering. The meaning of love of Christ. And the relationship between law, sin, and grace. Believers must become acquainted and fully invested in knowing the foundation of their blessings in Christ Jesus. Paul clearly showed in his epistle that all the benefits of Christianity are derived through Jesus Christ. This is antithetical to our present culture because we often seek meaning and purpose outside of our faith walk. One of the overlooked and crucial aspects of this lesson may be the vital importance Paul placed on the concept of relationship. We move from judicial acquittal in a law court to the idea of the believer being introduced and brought into the sanctuary or presence of the king. Relationships are important and what one invests in a relationship indicates the worth of the relationship to them. Let's talk about it with some discussion questions. Question number one. Should what should a firm relationship with God be built upon? What should a firm relationship with God be built upon? Another question. Discuss the experience when Christ justified your life. How are you sure he say, that he saved you? Now make a list of some people to whom you need to extend Christ-like forgiveness. Finally, go make things right. Another question. The task of restoring one's relationship with God is impossible without faith in Christ. Ask students to share examples of things that are broken that they cannot fix with their own power. Discuss the helpless feelings experienced when something of value cannot be repaired. Discuss how Jesus fills that void of helplessness when he mends our broken lives. Here at the sun at the Sunday School Sunday episodes of the Theoso Podcast. We would like to leave you with homework we entitled the DDR or the Home Daily Devotional Readings. Here they are, leading up to the next Bible lesson. Monday. Obey God with heart and voice. Deuteronomy 36 through 14. Tuesday. God's salvation announced. Isaiah 52, 1 through 10. Wednesday, call on the name of the Lord. Joel 2, 28-32 Thursday, Gentiles believe by faith. 
Galatians 3, 6-14. Friday, for the salvation of the Gentiles. Romans 10, 1-4. Saturday, regret for not hearing Christ's word. Romans 10, 18-21. Sunday, salvation is for all people. Romans 10, 5-17. This is another episode of the Sunday School Sundays edition of the Theoso Podcast. The Theoso Podcast can be found on different platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. If you would like to donate, you can do so via Cash App. My Cash App tag or handle is dollar sign CJCooper22. You can follow me on different social media platforms. On Facebook, you can look me up, Chad Cooper. On Twitter and Instagram, you can look me up at CJCooper929. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Theo Soul Podcast where theology meets sociology along with a little bit of soul. I'm your host, Chad Cooper. Take care and God bless.